Then we make Minuteman. <laughs> and the Minuteman is Deboon. Uh, oh, you want to get into the name. Yeah. So I have all these names, and I'm reacting against, because this is why I brought it up, Rena Rock. So I come up with this name. What so you the, guys were, though. I mean, you were like Yeah, but reacting. I put Minute Men. I was making this like minute tiny men. little dudes in the giant arena. We were the Minute <laughs> Men. And then, then Deboon looked at it. He goes, look, why don't you put those words together and call it Minute Men? Because there's some motherfuckers. I guess they were writing Angela Davis some letters when we were teenagers. We were going to Jesus. bomb and shit. Yeah, they were like, right? Well, yeah, the, well, D. Boone said they appropriated patriotic symbols. So we should confuse the issue and call ourselves Minutemen too. Actually, it happened to us when those idiots started guarding the border because people right. thought our band was into that shit. <laughs> anyway, that was D. Boone. He picked that name because of that. I, I came up with it, but it was Minutemen because... Uh, Tiny little guys. Do you think, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't know. We weren't, you know, you guys are the reactionaries. Yeah, we weren't that much that way in a way. You know what I mean? But reactionaries ain't really D. Boone's band. He don't right. like it. Right. He's doing it only, you know, because I want to do it. And it's my first songs I ever wrote. Man, they're terrible. They're terrible. They're, 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 I had to start, you know, as a teenager, I only wrote one song. It was called Mr. Bass King Outer Space. Mr. Bass King. It was something like that. Out of and, space. Uh, I can't remember the music or words, but basically the concept was I do a bass solo that blows everybody off the stage. I, <laughs> look, you know what I, I found out? Uh, the old days, before punk, there was right. a hierarchy in rock and roll. And bass, you know, that's your retarded friend. That's the right league, uh, that's right field brother. and little league, right? The Where nobody brother. hits the fucking ball. It was, <laughs> but with punk, everybody's learning. So all of a sudden, you're, you're even. Let's talk about that. Let's that, talk about bass. I for think a that was important. Yeah. Let's talk about I really the felt bass. inferior being on the bass. Did you? From the old paradigm, not when the movement came. Not when the movement came. Certainly. God, a lot of the Hollywood bands had ladies on bass. You know, I, I, the, I only saw one rock and roller with a woman in the band that didn't do tambourine. It was Susie Quattro. In fact, she did bass. My first gig ever. Was first, Susie Quattro? First gig ever. Motherfucking Susie Quattro Open opening for Alice for Cooper. Alice Cooper. No! There you go, my brother. Then we saw the same Goodness. tour. Boom! This, this was the, the fucking forum. And wow. that's the first time. But then when you went to this Hollywood scene, there's ladies playing bass in the Alley Cats and ah, the Germs and the Bags. There's all kinds of... That was another big difference, hardcore, because the ladies were asked to leave when that once hardcore came happened. Because <laughs> yeah. you had these young boys with all this energy, and also the dancing turned from pogo to, to slam. Slam, <laughs> right. and, and you said it years ago. I remember this. You know, like the it was like uh, maybe the cool guys or something. You know what I mean? Once it got to hardcore, it yeah. suddenly turned into like cool guys, where we were like be well, spectacle, fucking so. like you know. Well, I remember when I met Jack. You know, good-looking, strong guy. He's got a suntan. T.S.O.L. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, why are you in this scene? Handsome young man. Yeah, why are you in this scene? Because it seemed like punk was for... It seemed like there was two reactions against Arena Rock. One was us, right. the ugly people. And then there was the beautiful disco people. But folk. both of them were the same thing. We're tired of paying attention to the rock show. We said, we're going to start our own bands. Just, we're going to dance for each other. But to me, it was the same. And the rock and rollers hated both of it. They would like break disco records at, at the baseball games. And like, what the fuck? If you don't like it, just turn it off. And now, I mean, I love listening to disco. Yeah, no. I love it. Music's music. But remember how it was like some kind of identity? and Yeah, yeah. I never got into that. That's really one of the strange. things. We never, you know, in a way, I, I think that, you know, like the place that we played in it, yeah. you know, never quite 
got to like actually addressing some of those issues, you know, yeah. where it was about like, you know, who are you within this context? You know, yeah. it was just like, fuck the context. Yeah, That's where we came from, you know? Absolutely. And, and I thought that the punk rock scene was like an, uh, an opportunity to actually, you know, do live music yeah. in front of, you know, people with, with yeah. people, you know, so that it, it added this extra element where suddenly, you know, you're going from like, you know, addressing the instrument is something that, you know, is a very intimate kind of a thing and then having it be a, an interaction with other people in this kind of this Which kind is of actually thing. an old tradition. I mean, it has a lot of, especially us doing the touring, connection with vaudeville. We were actually reviving an old art form. Way. When people yeah. didn't have theaters and televisions and dudes had to work the towns. You know, they're busy now in the we farm went. all day. You know? we, the, the, it was more than just music. It was also juggling and jokes and theater and all this, but they worked the fucking towns. That kind of, Left, and so yeah, we found out about that. And a lot of our back, thing was you know? about doing gigs, working gigs. In fact, the gig thing was so profound to us. I remember when we were putting together Minutemen. Uh, me and D Boone had this big talk about, okay, we're going to divide the world into two categories. There's flyers and there's gigs, and everything that ain't the gig, is a flyer. So like the spiel here that like we're doing, or make it a record, a flyer. or make it a flyer, or everything's a flyer to get. Because we thought the gig was the place you had the least people in between you and the listener. There was that guy at the door, right, taking the bones at the hatch, and maybe the sound man, but that's it. There's no other layers of filter, no more permission getters, providers. It was there was something about the. the fundamental to us about the gigs it was just a mind blow so when we made records they were just to get try to get it was complete opposite of the old uh, paradigm paradigm, yeah, yeah. paradigm which yeah. was like you do gigs to promote records we would put out records to promote our tours and uh they were also kind of diary entries but now i'm so glad we did them we never thought about future you know i yeah. didn't save any of those flyers you know? The flyers are around. They're around. I know, but also, like, you know, records. and uh, Now records are more than flyers. They're like they're, children. Yeah, they're works. They're like they're, fucking They're here children. after you're gone. Yeah, they're, they're well, our little... They're but our... see, in those days, we didn't think that way. We lived in the moment so much. We never thought about future. And Dennis was a fucking sweet dude, man. Absolutely. That's what I remember, you know? Oh, absolutely. That's uh, that's what I remember about him. That's and why fucking, I'm here. You're talking to me. He's the know? one who got me into music. And you and me are old pals, man. I mean, we've been fucking... Hanging together for fucking decades now, you know what I mean? And playing some fucking music, you know? At least three and a half. Three and a half fucking decades, but you know, see, me that, and Michael. That was one thing, and Bob brought that up the other day, is like, these records that you, because you were talking about, you were recording these things in two, three days. Yeah. Yeah. And and they are now, have become... But maybe like, that's just a part of like what, you know, humankind is, you know what I mean? I mean, there's like this this new, uh, uh, like, capacity to to encapsulate like a piece of art you know what i mean suddenly it's as opposed to writing it down it's like recorded you know so right. i mean it doesn't matter the, the amount of time that we took to do it and i think the bitching part of it is that you and me have both been a couple of fucking crusty old fuckers that like you know insisted on doing some fucking art you know what i mean and we absolutely did it you know and my fucking hat is off to you in such a big way michael for having carried on because we lost d in 85 right you know and yeah. you as the bass player, didn't drop the motherfucking ball, you know? It ain't 
no, ball hog or tug. It was really hard. You and you carried on though. Got to you know? give Edward credit. Come out. Edward from Ohio. came out. Edward came out from Ohio. And Georgie you know? stayed with me. And Georgie was right years, there. Fourteen years. You know. Years. And but you you fucking. I really didn't think people wanted to hear me play without. No, know. you drove that ship though, man, and you took it to another place. Let me ask you this: What about Iggy fucking Pop? Yeah, incredible. You played with him now for a minute, right? Incredible work ethic. It reminds me in some ways of D Boone. Like we're gonna work this gig. Guys, I remember still one playing. time we played the this Ashtons fucking... are gone. Yeah, both no, of them. I don't know. Ron and Scott are both gone. Yeah. You know. So now, in fact, uh, two weeks ago last year, it was Ides of March. I was First, in the... Scott or Ron? It was Scotty. Scotty, two Ronnie, years ago. Ron, Ron was two thousand nine. Fucking really? God yeah, damn. Probably New Year's Eve, because they didn't find him for a couple days. Fuck. You know, one time here's a, one of my favorite rock and roll stories. Right. Yeah. I, I'm from the fucking middle of podunkville right you yeah. know and uh i wouldn't have a band you know my d boone is my brother yeah, yeah you know what i mean and i wouldn't be you know i i that's why my hat's off to you you know what i mean i don't think i could fucking do what you've done i don't think i would be well, i never planned on it <laughs> yeah i know you didn't i know you didn't but you Jesus. fucking rose to the occasion i know you fucking didn't and i don't mean to you know i mean it's only no i know it's, respect, it's a you trip know? you know idea improvise but i also had a little support so you guys it, helped me Thurston helped me. You know, I'm Carducci, Greg, all them guys. You know, in their own way. In their own way, everybody helped me. Remember the night? How about this one? Remember the night when we were playing at the fucking music machine? It was a, you know, a short time after D passed. And uh, Pups came over to fucking Santa Monica to play the music machine, you know? And yeah. you came out. Remember that night? Yeah. Remember that night? Yeah. Sweet as fuck. And what did we do? We played Lost. That was lost. the first time I came out of my house. Totally, you know? And it was fucking definitely was a, a touching moment. And we played that song of Kurt's Lost that you guys have been covering. Right, right. You know? And I'll tell you what, that was a fucking weeper, man. That was a fucking heart buster right there. Yeah, so I, well, getting back to Egg, he must be going through shit like that. Well, that's the thing. The thing One time, I'll tell you, we played this racetrack in England. And we get done playing. He goes, you know, Mike, I'm up there and I'm thinking, I'm feeling like a short order cook. It's like I got to go up to everybody in the crowd. Hey, you want fries? You want a, ch a shake, a chocolate shake? Like he's working for each dude. Right. That was a lot of D Boone. In that way, they're very similar. Like you don't take the shit for granted. It's work. Yeah, D had a, had a fucking... Uh... I don't, that's trippy. That's trippy to think about. The way about. he'd hop around and dance totally. around. Totally. And he's a big, fat motherfucker. You know what I mean? That dude wasn't <laughs> He small. got into it with the spirit, right? Or yeah. something. He couldn't just be calm. Leg muscles. That so, did not be calm. So here the, we the are. The first time I saw you guys, I saw them on a fear bill. It was you guys, fear, and Texan horse heads. Oh, and wow. And the first time I saw D. Boone like jumping around, I was like, he's going to hurt himself. It's like he, he was so... With the, with the, the whiskey? Uh, I think it was at the Starwood. Starwood? Yeah. I get hit with a... I think it was... The, no, I think fear was whiskey. <laughs> I was, I Starwood, was I think, was Black Flag. But it was funny because we weren't allowed to play either place because we were violent SST band. So, like, fear oh, really? gets us into the whiskey. Yeah, We, we never got that. Yeah, we did. Well, this was early on. This was early on. Rick Van Satin, actually. He was making Screamer t-shirts. Right. The guy who helped start Golden Voice. Yeah. Okay. Rest Rick's in peace, gone, Rick. yeah. Sweet guy, right? Yeah, there was a, You know what? You got to say, not to get all like Potsy and Fonzie, but there was a lot of character. There was a lot of individuality. A lot of love. A lot of characters. A lot of love. A lot of cats that had no other world. 
made a, a parallel universe because it just didn't fit in. You know, it was. So let me. Well, anything I got going now is a product of all these. Let's squeeze this one squeeze. in. So there we are, right? It's like 84, maybe, you know? And we're doing the thing, right? You know, we all forced the it. tour, right? You know, or is it eighty five? That was oh, that was fu- wasn't that a fucking blast? <laughs> so we're, we're out. us and the Hooskers and pups got to play. I've seen and that online, a little bit. Sack and Swa and Swa. So Dukowski. like before that though, we're out in fucking uh, Michigan, and uh, oh, we wind up in fucking uh, what's it called? Where's it? where are those dudes from? Fucking uh, Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor, right? So we that's you guys touring with Flag. No, it was us on our own. This oh, it was, was? Like an own tour. But I, they we, told me a story too, where they bring you back to the Ashton's house. Was it Flag said that? So maybe it was Flag. You yeah, know, it was. It was. They, actually, it's Ron's mom. It's their mom's house. And we hanging out with the fucking Ashtons. You know, magical, <laughs> magical to me. You know what I mean? Because that yeah. was some of the stuff that actually got me into punk rock. You know, was was Iggy. You know. And, and you guys uh, used to do 1970. Oh, we did. And how about I want to be your fucking dog? I you know, we dog, tore right. that shit down to the right. ground. You know, and and you've been playing with the guy for a long motherfucking time. So what how was about that the, night like though? Oh, it was fucking trippy as fuck, because, right? You know, the drummer man Scotty was way big meat puppet fan. And I never knew that, you know. And then a few years back, we're playing in L.A. Scotty comes down to the gig, you know what I mean? And it was just he's gracious as fuck, really fucking friendly, and it was really a treat for me, you know, somebody back that wide. I really fucking dig the crap out of you know and he was like you know he liked you know i i, I didn't really know you know that he even knew who we are you know i mean i'm that's well, he's kind of stoic he's not loud he's but he was real, it was a sweet fucking hang you know he what loved I mean? your band yeah i didn't i, I had no idea you know and it was a, a really trip? fucking a real treat and that night hanging well, out there's a him. lot of meat puppet fan people you might not believe you know that dig on we that that thing i picked up on in the press club Oh. And the dudes that can play the fucking asses off too, incredible. There's just a vibe. There's a thing that you guys have always allowed to come out of your band. It's a music that, thing, I think. Yeah, you know, but it's a human thing too. It's a spirit. It's a, spirit it's a kind thing. of thing. It's just not notes yeah, and you, rhythms. You make a sound that, and and I, I, I think that's one of the exciting things about you being back in the band is like there's a sound that you and Kurt, yeah, with other people make, and now with 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 L, that is. It's unlike anything else. It just, and it emanates off the stage. But yeah, you kind of you kind of have to see it. I mean, the records are great, but then when you see it live, you're just like, yeah. I tell you, for for me, it was always up on the sun. That's uh, some tasty bass playing right there. <laughs> spot got a good tight sound. Fucking the, the tight as crap, man. There's no filler. No. They're all bouncy little fucking yeah. tunes that all have their own little personality. All well, you know. <laughs> And then, and then yeah, the orchestration, you yeah. Know, just tight as fuck. Even when uh, Kurt would do an overdub, it wasn't just a... That had another part. It wasn't you just another... You know what another, that was? Yeah. That was like that... He had a fucking... He had that Tom Scholz Rockman. You know what I mean? So let's bring Boston. <laughs> let's bring fucking Nuremberg rock into the fucking punk rock picture. You know what I mean? That's what it was. He's like the, like the Ibanez fucking... Right, right. You know, thing through the fucking Tom Scholz Rockman it's thing, you know? Rockman. Tight as fuck. Two is down. good, too. Two's bitching. That's stoner rock, though. Yeah. That was like fucking stoner rock. Everybody's all blows up a bunch of smoke about that fucking record. And it's just like, whatever. I don't know. That's like Neil Young, you know? You know? And, you know, Jay Maskus, he said that's the one that made him. Because Jay Maskus is a drummer man. He might be a good guest for you. We we just talked to him. He's okay. Being a He's guest. a drummer man. And he heard that album. And, and even D. Boone, he had the test pressing of their first EP. He goes, hey, you want to hear East Coast Meat Puppets? And those guys, 
Yeah, I've had uh, what's his face though, the fucking bass player, um, Lou. Oh, he yeah, Lou lives Barlow. here. Does Lou he? lives out here. Oh, Lou, Lou loves you. Silver Lake. I mean, he's he. Oh, wow. I actually had his dad come up to me and go, "So you're the guys direct my son's life, right? You know what I mean?" And I was just like, "Jesus Christ, dude!" You know, <laughs> off the seven inch, right? Those guys were like blown out about the car. fucking seven inch. Yeah, yeah you know, big so. House. Big house, fuck. <laughs> then who wound up in the big house, right? <laughs> big daddy, fucking taking it home. Taking it fucking home. Fucking completing the circle. Driving it all. Completing <laughs> the circle. Um, so anyway, that's kind of the story how things got going with this. It's bitching, man. It's a beautiful fu- fucking story to tell, you know. Tomorrow's Dee's birthday. Yeah. Didn't it suck when fucking Dee passed? Didn't that suck? Wasn't that an ass kicker? I mean, we've been, I don't mean to bring this up, and I don't want to hurt your fucking feelings for sure. You know, I love you, Michael, you know, but Jesus, that sucked. You know, we'd all been fucking driving around the country for a fucking minute, you know, and it was like, yeah. you know, all of a sudden, just it just turned so sour, and it's such a fucking, like that, you know, tragedy. There's does. that, uh, you know, I thought, because T Boone got into, I mean, there's a lot of, when I hear his guitar, there's a lot of Buck Dharma, there's a lot of John Fogarty. Buck Dharma. But there is. <laughs> Fucking A. Yeah, you guys are pretty But there's B-O-C. a little Pete Townsend. There's some Pete Townsend. And there's a Pete Townsend solo album. And I thought of this right when that happened. He's got combat boots. He's wearing some boiler suit, and he's standing on eggs huh. with boots on. It's called Who It was a solo album. It's right. called Who Came First. Mm-hmm. And I think, because we think the thing is so solid, but we're really on eggshells, man. It can burst like that. Wave And all of a sudden, D-Boone's gone. Yeah, just like and that. And that's what I, the, the image that came to me. You know, and then and then him in the. And now do you lost. remember the boiler suit, the white suit? Yeah. I think he wore it oh, yeah. at Woodstock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did. he's on the cover of this thing, and he's got big boots, and he's yeah. on eggs. Yeah, right. Oh. Maybe some photography thing they did. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you can really stand on eggs like that. But the whole <laughs> thing that we're we're just standing, we're ready to break. It's gonna yeah. it, shit's gonna happen to us. And now, and then it happened to the guy who I thought was the strongest. At first, I thought he was the smartest dude in the world. And then I found out he was the strongest dude. Remember that night and in San he, Diego? Just, Remember that night in San Diego when we uh, at, at, on the tour tour? This is just, yeah. you know, I mean, I like to think of D when he's fucking still here. You know what I mean? Remember that night? San Diego is uh, maybe the Econowat. <laughs> oh, that fucking ruled. Remember that? They that? found there was some fucking box refrigerator and their big feature was it could save energy. So, Econowatt. It said Econowatt on it. Michael and the Minutemen like to tour Econo. So they, they, they cut it out. Watt, put a little divot. Yeah, right. You guys are all baldies. That was me and D. Boone cut our head. Actually, shaved. it was Georgie's idea. We're going to play with it. Yeah, this is our second whiskey gig. And we're going to play with Joanna Wett. And she's wow. kind of artistic, yeah. wild ass. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Georgie's got, you know what? We should have some kind of trip too. Why don't we look like we're bur- burnt out match heads? That was Georgie's idea. Burnt out match heads. Burnt out match heads. Sweet. So the, his idea was to get bald haircuts and then use engine oil to get us, like, blackface, I guess, minstrel. Maybe he was, I don't know if Georgie knew what minstrel was, but he wanted us to be artistic like matches. Like no, because she would do, <laughs> if you know Joanna Wett, she yeah. would, like, have the goat head inside the bride dress and yeah, yeah. stab the punk, rotten pumpkin with a toy gun. And, you know, it was very theatrical. You have some dudes making music kind of uh, ambient behind her. And she, blah, 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 no real words, and I think she's Long Beach originally. But anyway, so Georgie's got this idea. Now, me and D. Boone never had bald heads. God, if you look at our high school pictures, I mean, you know, <laughs> you know the Cedrone movie, right down to my. Head. 
the hair. <laughs> Did you ever see this movie? Raymond made this movie called Sir Drone about a seventies punk band. Is is that the one with uh, Mike Kelly in it? That's right. He him me and him have a band. I'm like the Stalinist guy, Dwayne. He's Jinx. His cousin's Scooter. Yeah, the both those guys commit suicide. Jesus. Yeah, no, no. I, I, Mike's a very well, sad. Very anyway. Sad. He was so Ann there Arbor. you are, Baldi. He was Ann, he was Ann, Ann yeah. Arbor. Anyway, so we're going to do this. Th we're going to pick up on Georgie's big scheme, you know, his artistic. We're going to be more than just music, okay? Um, at this time, me and Dee Boone are living together. I'm having knee surgery and shit. And he he even had to live out of Pedro for a couple months. Only time he ever did up in Culver City. So my mom says, look, you both live with me while you're getting your thing together. And so that, that's where Fires comes from. That's why What Makes a Man fire, Start Fires is such a strange Minuteman record because it's the only one where I wrote all the music because I'm, I'm there with the fucking knee surgeries. Actually, I had to have two, both of them. So it was... Back then? It was kind of hellish times. But anyway, we didn't know about how you get a bald head, head cut, you know. Right. Of course, I grew up military. Yeah, the, the haircuts were 10 cents. And <laughs> but we didn't have this electric clipper shit. So we get this, get this, a Bic razor. And in those days, it was one blade, okay? Oh. And luckily, I went first. You know, he started shaving my ass <laughs> and uh, my hair, right? And, you know, by the time I got to his, man, it, I mean, mine looked pretty bad, too. But his was like a total motocross track, you know. Because <laughs> it was grabbing the hair. You, you got to shave it off. You can't just start taking the razor to hair. So we're like bloody messes our heads. Just all like Canals of Mars trip kind of shit. Uh, we decided to take, I don't know why we did this, but we decided to take separate vehicles. Oh, I know why. Because I, I got a bug and... I can't fit D. Boone in if I bring my bass amp. So D. Boone's in his car. And I remember driving up up, up the Harbor Freeway and looking over. D. Boone had a, an exhaust leak. So his whole inside chamber was this blue cloud. He's like, I was like, oh my God, D. Boone. You guys are all baldy. So we get to the yeah, we get to the gig all ball. Georgie didn't do it. Now, Georgie had the <laughs> Georgie ball. didn't do it. He he D. Boone got so pissed off he reached under the car to get the because he wanted to follow through with it. He reaches under, and you'll see this picture. It looks like somebody gave D. Boone a shiner. No, he just was rubbing the... I said, D. Boone, you're going to get the heaviest set of pimples. Don't do not do that. I said, okay. And somebody had... You can see it under here. Like, it's on a cover flip side. D. Boone's got, like, layered... He got into this layered look thing. Uh -huh. Yeah, where he'd wear several layers of clothes. You know, they'd be shorts and pants and shirts and, like, kind of his thing on the Annie Hall kind of thing so georgie georgie didn't fucking do it man. no georgie had Bum, to fucking bum this out he had a little bouncy and then poofed her front thing there's always one right. that doesn't do it it's yeah but it was instigator. his fucking idea yeah. it was his idea but so, you guys you know, look good did it, and then and then here comes this tour coming on up and it seems that especially when chris worked the fucking sign with the divot i think the economy fucking head Oh. Yeah, no, it he, turned it turned he, Michael into a like a street sign. You he know what I mean? he used duct tape and stuck it to my head, it's and beautiful. I did the whole gig with the Conawat sign on. It was Econowatt. a piece of cardboard that said Conawat. It was incredible. I mean, it was just it was one of those you know like and it just came up. Nobody planted it. It yeah, was just found yeah. and spontaneous and boom, next rock. Thing you know. And then here's the thing that's one of my most charming memories of of those fucking early days is after the gig we all got together for like a group shot. Remember yeah. that? You know, and me and Kurt. We're scrawny. One of us crawled up on 
on like Bob's shoulders, you know, yeah, Bob Mold, right? right? Bob or maybe Grant, because those dudes were kind of husky. Yeah, and one of us got up on fucking Grant. D's shoulders, you know? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Remember that? Remember yeah. that picture? Because the scrawny little fucking yeah. me and Kurt were like, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, <Nice>. wispy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, the Huskers, like, they were in the hockey. They were in hockey and like pro wrestling. Yeah, and pro wrestling. You know, freaked me Minnesota out. Minnesota guys. Bob, Bob ended up writing for the WWE. Did he? Bob is still yeah. out there kicking ass, man. I saw him. Grant's still uh, around. Grant's still Grant playing. Too. Grant, Grant too. Grant too. Greg too. Grant, uh, yeah, but Greg just had a child, so he ain't doing music. He stopped doing music. He had a kid, a new kid recently. I seen him in the last few years. You know, talking about yeah, he was Craig, playing with those uh, plus people, right? Would, he, he's playing in the thing called Conqueso, you know. Yeah, but it was with the bad plus people. It was kind of a math rocky sort of. And then you know, Craig, whose studio it is, and I'd like to thank Craig for having us in here. Is uh you know has been work, doing some work with the guys that fucking engineered the Beatles shit right and one of the songs that he did the first thing he did was Tomorrow Never Knows oh. and we've had Greg come up you know last few times we've been around up there you know and play Tomorrow. with us okay doing Tomorrow Never Knows I mean yeah just, well, one time Greg drove with us to Omaha to open up solo yeah yeah you know and he, and he's he got wore that. like a smoking jacket and, but his whole life changed with a new daughter okay. but Grant get this Grant did a fucking double album an opera based on John Milton's Paradise Lost called Jesus. The Argument. <laughs> wow. He's got a new one coming out too, but he won't let me tell what it's about. But he's got another opera. But Bob, Bob's out there I, I rock and rolling. I, 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 I think Bob there's going to be some... Bob's got, he's got Worcester from uh, Super Chunk on drums. He's a good cat on bass too, man. And he's... he's no, Bob's great. One time, Smoking. this is one of my favorite Husker stories. Those guys stayed with us. Not in Phoenix, right? We were like the... You know the flop pad, you know yeah. whatever out, the out conch, in the fucking like desert, conch shed, yeah. shed, and uh, they were hungry, right? And, you know, and we were like, we were living on fucking vapors, you know what I mean? And fucking psychedelic wonderland of fucking nothingness, you know. So, we're like, fuck, all right, well, we we'll go get some food, right? And we go to a, a buffet, right? A buffet, buffet, a buffet, and those guys are like. They they're pretty fucking stuff it. They're pretty stout, right? <laughs> so they get a big chuckload of fucking fucking grub on their plates, and they sample each little thing, right? Bob and Grant were like conferring, right? And they're like, hmm, and they finally decided it's the chicken tetrazzini or whatever the fuck, you know? It's this one like specific dish that had the appetite suppressant in it, right? Oh, okay. You know? And I'm like sitting there going, wait a minute, people. People are conspiratorial to the degree that they'll actually like try to suppress your appetite at a fucking buffet. You yeah. know what I mean? And that you know, and I, I mean, I'm like salt Peter. They shoved that shit aside and it tucked in, baby. They tucked in, you know. And then we went back and they're like, you know, big time wrestling, you know. And we're all like, I got a like, child hey. story. The first time we played Minneapolis with Black Flag, Minuteman, Hooskers, and I we'd never heard of this White Castle thing. That was it too. We had White okay, Castle. Okay, so Bob. Bob, they take us there, and Bob's the first one to order. He goes, I want six cheeseburgers. <laughs> and we didn't know they were these little biscuit fucking <laughs> yeah, things. Six like, cheeseburgers. The first fucking time, <laughs> first time, Michael, first time we ever played Minneapolis, right? Here's these guys from, you know, and I've been into the Midwest and shit, yeah, you know? Okay. Our family's from Omaha and stuff, yeah. you know? So I knew what cold weather was and shit, but I never, like, fucking driven around in a fucking van that the heater don't work in when it's, like, fucking minus 10 degrees outside, right? So my nuts are all shriveled up, right? And it's just like, Jesus, right? And uh, we fucking hit Minneapolis and played this show, and who should come to the gig but Grant, 
this is like 82, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he, he turns out to be, you know, this dude, and we're like, hey, what's up? You know, we fucking kind of hook up, and we wind up staying at his crib. And that night, first time Same ever, part. he takes us to White Castle. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, the very first fucking experience <laughs> of the fucking thing. Me neither, you know what I, I mean? I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Tiny little fucking Yeah, m- I didn't know they were. I was like, well, hamburgers you know, me and Deep Blue can kind of eat, but I don't know about six And we'd like to give a big shout-out right now to, to the White Castle Corporation <laughs> and uh, thank them for their sponsorship of the show. Oh, they were a crack up. There was a place there called the Big House. The Big and, House. Yeah, and this guy named Oh God, what was his name? He had a band called Otto's Chemical. Lounge. Oh, you fucking that's a fucking. Uh, okay. He comes to all my gigs. He's, He's sweet still guy. around. Yes. Oh come on, Let's Dale. See. Dale, good job, good job. Fuck, there's pictures of me just Beautiful from a, couple, cat. a year or two ago. Anyway, you know? he was in this pad, and they had the the Babes of Toyland drummer lived there. Yeah. And the whole, we're all staying there, and there's a, somebody breaks out this invention. Uh, beer bong. It's a funnel with a hose. <laughs> so D Boone's like, let's show him Pedro. Show him Pedro. <laughs> now, luckily, where they're doing these things, the head's there. In fact, good thing the head's got a tub because D Boone, <laughs> it went right back. It's coming out back the out. Indoor. It's yeah. coming back out. <laughs> so he's all for your speed rush. Show him Pedro. I go. Yeah. There, I, people are drawing on him. Shit. I fuck. I get him over uh, to a, a chair. And I gave him a little bowl, so we puke in the bowl and empty that on the deck. And did, but I guarded him, so he didn't put the fucking you know cat turds in his mouth and shit. And oh, I conked right man. next to him, but what a wild party! That was that was so great. Although I can get a little uh, nostalgia. Uh, we're we're that way now, you know. Uh, we're old now, Michael. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're kind of crusty. And, and and this is flag February in Minnesota. You're touring in Minnesota in February. Totally. We hit it there like late November. <laughs> it was balls cold, you know? <laughs> Fucking freezing. Insane. Insane. But it was an education. Man, that band, they just went to it. Who's they Chris? just went to it. It was very strange. Uh, like we, all our stuff was out in the open. Their things were all head trips. All of a sudden, there'd be a dude out of the band. It was really trippy. Who, Flag? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Flag. Where our things were always out. Everybody argued way well, out mine in the was, front. I mean, me Fuck, and my we'd pull the boat brother. over and we'd be punching on the side oh, of the freeway. Oh, totally, you know? Or, or you'd have to stop the library to make sure it was King Henry II and not King Henry III that was had to walk through the snow so he wouldn't be excommunicated. And yeah, we'd get into these fights over like the most bizarre Who's shit. more Pedro? <laughs> <laughs> and it'd be all out. And then the steam, the steam would be let off. Right. But the other thing was, but I got I can't deny the uh, support and the and inspiration, right. not just from those guys, but the pups, the Hooskers, all that crew was tight, and everybody was on a mission, you know, to find their own voice. But by doing that, they were helping each other. Weird way. That it wasn't copying because too much respect. You didn't want to copy. No one, none of us copied, but you were motivated. We were incredibly motivated by our brother bands. I can't even think, let alone the movement. But like he said, it wasn't supposed to be a blueprint. It was a springboard. It was supposed to be a launch pad. It was never, you weren't supposed to know what it was, taking it out of the Toys R Us. I remember the first time I saw the fucking Minuteman, right? We played at at a fucking uh, frat party down in Tempe, right? In suburb of Phoenix, you know? That night, and you guys were playing at the Mad Gardens, 
And there was this wrestling remember that? It's this fucking wrestling yeah, ring. Yeah, chain fan. Chain link up on the bouncers are like the martial arts students. That was you know because because Tony, Brothers. the guy Tony Victor, right? His this his uncle like ran a kung fu studio or whatever. These dudes you know? are like doing flying ninja kicks <laughs> on little kids. You know, and we play. I come down see you guys. Right. And I'm sitting there with my fucking fingers all torn up, blood, right? Yeah. Uh, my old, little, my poor little right hand, you know, because yeah. you gotta gotta put the work in on the four string, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? You guys play, blow my fucking mind. Come off the stage and you're bleeding. You got blood. We had blood. The Cause blood. I played swap. in the pick in those days. Yeah, it's hard to play both. a pick. The sweat gets in there, gets caught up, and you tear off a little bit of the old flesh on the fucking on the fingers. And that was the first time up I saw until, you guys. Uh, there's one song on Double Nickels that has a pick shit from No Notepad, but that's when I switched over. So, like, for the first four or five now. years Let's of Let's talk bass. I'm all fingers now. Yeah. I'm pretty much all I fingers. I wish I could do both. I do both. Yeah. I'll I think do, that's I'll, the best way. I'll do the pick Because it's the, vocabulary. There's you know? things you could do with the f- pick, yeah. fingers. They're all the different. Stuff. I know there was a macho thing among, like, fuge bass players with it's got to be fingers. Bullshit. It could be pick. Uh, some of those I guys I see Netflix will use a pick and fingers in the same tune. Me too. Me too. That's, I'll do tune. that. You know, I have to. You know, there's like a fucking. Why not? It's vocabulary. You know, it's just all these the macho thing. rules. And, and, and yeah. What happens? It starts getting like sports. Yeah. No. And I never dug that. You know, never dug that. That was the one thing about it. Like when the punk rock thing started to get you hardcore. Didn't have to worry about that. Where it was just like Jesus Christ. You know, getting loogied on and shit. You know. Oh, that- where you, you know, it's, it's just fucking alien. Loogies. Yeah. What the was that about? Loogie rock. I think I know when we were loogie, and I'm because I remember when the Dead Kennedys first came here, and I loogied on my Jello. first gig. And uh, I had to see, look at that loogie on his shoulder the whole gig. And I don't know why I did it. I was just all fucked up. <laughs> there was no loogie. reason for it. My yeah. first gig ever in, in Los Angeles, <laughs> the night before I turned 20, playing at the Whiskey with the Feeders, right? Frank Discussion feeders. and John Vivier, you know, Johnny Precious, fucking Feeders, opening for the DKs at the Whiskey, you know? Next night at the Mabu High up in San Francisco, right. turned 20. That was my know? first out-of-town gig. Mabu. And I borrowed a pair of pants from John. You know, Vivier was like styly, you know, he was a little, you know, a little bit you know, older than me. And I was like, and I couldn't believe they fit, right? Because I'm like yeah. an ex-fatty, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, far out. And these fucking styly pants fit on me. And we play in the fucking Mabuhai and I turned 20. Wow. So, Dirk Dirksen. Dirk Dirksen, absolutely. Great guy. He looks at our set list. It's got like 30 songs, but it's like 16 minutes. <laughs> we got the idea from Wire. Everybody thinks the name I'm glad you asked about the name because it was a minute man. It meant arena rock, tiny person. I got that initially. I got That's that. That's where it was know? from. DeBoon changed it to the political. You know, and DeBoon wasn't just about political words. The, the band. That's why Minuteman has little treble guitar sound. We got See, that. Well, how could we hear Larry Graham? How could we hear James Jamerson? Because the R&B guitar players played real trebly. Jazz dudes, you know? Yeah, they Jason. didn't play power chords. They yeah. left a lot of room for the bass. yeah. yeah. So D Boone, that's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna play really trebly. We're gonna put the bass up and we're gonna put the drums way up. We're gonna make it like uh, yeah, three, what we call three way tie, the last album. D Boone says the ideas aren't just slogans. We're gonna make the band like this. If we're gonna talk about being equal, like whatever, for voting and getting treated right, civil rights, why don't we do it in the band? And he was the guitar man. He's the guy who holding all the power. He was the top of the pyramid, you know, based on the old paradigm. So I was like, yeah, I'm into it. Now, me and D. Boone growing up together, we never had to teach each other songs. Probably like with your brother, right? They just start playing. We just start playing. Most of the time was getting Georgie in. And we didn't want him just doing backbeats. We want, And Georgie could do it. We want fills. We want fucking phrasing. We didn't have that. I know, but... We had Derek fucking... I know, but he was bad, too, in his own way. 
Yeah. No, it made it opinion, easy on us. We didn't have to get him up to speed. You know what I mean? Was it would just be like drummer, man. Also, you told me culturally he was critical. Yeah, absolutely. Because no. he, he knew about the punk before these guys. Yeah. Now he, he brought yeah. that in. Like the seven inch thing, all yeah. of that. You know what Those I mean? Those people are important. And because if you don't know about that, like Nikki beat with the Kotex, you just don't know, and you're yeah. wandering around in the dark. And, and you know, and there was a there was something about it. Derrickson, the oldest brother, yeah. right? You know, or the oldest child in his family. Yeah. And there was a connection between Kurt and Derek, you know? Well, all three of us started there the same way. We're the oldest dudes in our family. And I'm not, you know what I mean? So, I mean, I actually came in a, a, an ass here behind the whole situation, you know? Those guys kind of met on a fucking intellectual level or, like, you know, just a personal level, an artistic level. Yeah. And then, you know, I kind of got drug into it shortly after that in a way, you know? Which is you know, banjo. No, fucking oh. banjo. No, I was already okay. there. Because <laughs> we are going to have to wrap up in a minute. But I want to bring this around and... I would love to have Mike on again, but um, no problem. Uh, you played banjo, yes, on a solo record. I played on Mike's mother. Oh yeah, record. but you know his beginnings before he's a bass man. He's oh, a banjo he played, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that, and I got turned on to that. So I asked him when I look. I had to make seven and a half years of fire hose, twenty tours. Right, Edward Georgie helped me out so much, but I just thought maybe I should try to make a band for each proj. And so this first one, I'm going to test out this theory I got. If the bass player knows a song, maybe anybody can come sing and play drums and banjo and whatever. So, I, uh, yeah, this idea of the, the wrestling ring. And I, come on in. Just try to learn the big s- song. The big train is the one I had him, and I asked him to play a you, banjo. You, you did a tour that a friend of mine was one of the roadies on. And... This is my favorite, one of my favorite Mike Watts stories, and I think it ties to like where you came from and everything. But uh, the entire band that was playing, the Foo Fighters were opening first tour, right? Well, there was a band called Hovercraft. Oh, Hovercraft played with Beth, right? Hovercraft played first, and then right Foo Fighters. What happened was uh, Hovercraft was a band Ed uh, had with his wife Beth at the time, and Foo Fighters was an album that Dave Grohl recorded by himself, and he put together a band. You know, it was just him, so like right. Stevie Wonder style, <laughs> Intervision. So now I need a band. So we got these young guys from up... And Pat. And right. Pat. These young guys from Seattle with Pat. And Pat. Yeah. So they asked me to do a tour. Because, I, look, that was something you could only do on an album. It was 48 different uh, people, right. 17 different bands. Wait, I'm going to get... 17 boats, you know, it would be hard to tour that thing, you know, but that's what you can do with an album. I went to three different towns and I just, for each song was each band, each project. Right. But then Dave says, look, why don't we do a tour where me and Ed will play with you and let our bands play before you. And you get to Sac- that was their that was their idea. Okay, you, you get to Sacramento is my understanding, isn't it? And Sac every, town. Everybody gets sick. Not me. But not you. <laughs> And this man goes on stage. Now I may have this wrong. This man no, goes you're on right. stage I and says, fucking PK and, and says, "Everybody's sick. It's me and my bass tonight. I'm gonna play. And if you don't like it, at the end, you can. Everybody can have their money back. And my understanding is, one person asked for their yeah. money back. Yeah, it's true. You came to through town after we did that, like with Eddie no, Vedder. No, started. The first one was in your town. It was a club called Gibson. And there was, the way I know Tempe, Tempe Vetta Sun was Devils. Vetta was there, right? That's what I'm saying. His band opened. Then Dave's band was second. And Dave was there? And so the it was whole called thing? Foo Fighter. 
Ding. <laughs> and the first gig was at a club called Gibson. It was right. kind of in a strip mall thing. Yeah. The, the good Tempe club I remember. Because I always think of Tempe as Sun Devils, uh, uh, Arizona State. Yeah. So kind of college down a little and bit. Way. Uh, but also, it's the place you live, so the, I was always in Tempe. For a minute, you know, we moved down there at a point. But we were in that pad a long time. Yeah, you crashed That the pad. End, ended up in, yeah. yeah anyway, there was a club called Sun Club. Oh, the That's Sun what Club I like. And it was like a building from the Civil War days. Totally. Oh. Fucking, you know, made out of fucking mud and, and waddle, you know. And, and But it, they weren't Arizona dudes. They were like New Yorkers or something that ran that club. There was somebody in there, you know, and it was, was a special a fucking thing. place. That was a good fucking little hole that You know, I remember, I remember one time... We're playing there, and they get us the fucking colonel for the chow. And like, you know what? I ain't going to chow it, George. I'll chow it. And good thing it comes in a bucket because it went back in the bucket. Back in the bucket. Fuck it. It's going back in the bucket. (laughs) You know, Roddy told me about seeing Jimmy. Because in the old days, England would bring their music people in through Canada. So Windsor, Detroit would get all the first, and Ann Arbor would get all the first... Yardbird, oh. uh, Kinks, you know, Animals, you know, Jimmy, right. Cream. It was a club, Ronnie said it was called the Fifth Dimension. He said there was like 100 people there. And no one would go up front. He was the only dude who walked up to Jimmy while he's playing. Like everybody's wow. up against the wall. He said a Mitch Mitchell had uh, two buckets. One bucket had the Budweiser's. <laughs> and the other one was where the Budweiser's ended up. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I think maybe we're done. Yeah, I think we're I think we're done with this episode. You only need more Mitch Mitchell stuff. No, I need a couple of buckets. I'm gonna take a shit in one and I'm fucking jack my crap off into the other one. Fucking, we let, let out a little brigade. Jesus Christ, Michael, I'd like to thank you very much, man. I love you so much, brother. I bet. Me and Michael are old tight pals, and you know we fucking keep on playing some fucking bass, right? Yeah. Keep the fuck on. Keep on keeping on. Absolutely. Somebody movie. uh. Was on a video thing John Fogarty did for the old man down the road, mm-hmm. and they told him that D Boom got killed, so he wrote on a paper, "Keep on keeping on," and gave it to me. It's tight, tight and sweet. Uh, fucking uh, D Boone, rest in peace, Michael. You and I keep the fuck carrying on until yeah. we fucking fall into the ground. <laughs> you know the wheels fall off. Yeah, they do. Fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> Onward. Sparks, dragon, <laughs> Bedoing. <laughs> the good ones when the drive shaft, when the universal drops off the drive shaft, because then Kablop, big old pole scratch. Yeah, big old pole Bedoing. Bedoing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank okay. you very much, Mike. I'm going to take this to Pedro. Okay. Hell yeah. Today's show was recorded at Winslow Court Studios in Hollywood, California.